Welcome to another 10-minute takeaway with me, Dr. Nikki Ramskill, the female money doctor. I aim to pass on 10 minutes of wisdom to you about money to help you feel happy, confident, and in control. So that's enough of that. Let's get on with the episode. Hi everybody and welcome to another 10 minute takeaway and in this one I want to talk about how to future proof your finances. I think when a crisis situation happens as has done recently it can be a time of great reflection. So it can be a a time where you're actually looking at things and thinking how did I get to this stage? What didn't go so well? What went really well? You know, what What could I change about my future so that if anything like this ever happened again, hopefully not on this scale, but if it did, what, what could I do better? And lots of people, I think, have realised that their money is one area in which they could do better in terms of future proofing and maintaining a certain level of income when everything around them goes, you know, goes badly wrong. And I think as a doctor, I'm in a fortunate position to be able to see when this happens to other people. And this is what has inspired me to take action in my own finances. So I'd like to go through four particular areas that I see as four key areas in which you could look at what's going on in your own money and make sure that you've got these things sorted. Because if you do, then you can bear the brunt of a lot of emergencies, a lot of you know things that happen. So The first part of this is your pension and then I'll be talking about wills and then your insurances and then finally the FU fund. So let's get started with the pension. Now, your pension is the thing that you are going to rely on when you want to stop working. So you could call this the freedom fund because literally is freeing you from work. You know, if you didn't have one of these, you wouldn't actually physically be able to stop working at all. Yes, there is the state pension, but the state pension is not very much and you have to pay a certain amount of national insurance contributions to get it. And at the very most, at the moment, you would get £175.20p a week. Think about how much money you earn on a weekly basis and whether or not that matches up. If it does, great, fine, you're sorted. But even then, you can't rely on the state pension existing because the government have to fund that and they are the ones that will control when it gets to you know be in existence or not so I'd be very careful about relying on just any one thing for retirement it's much better to have multiple streams of income to be able to support you at the point of retirement and you know if you've then got multiple income streams you might well be able to retire earlier than what you'd planned to you know, especially if you invest in things like property, stocks and shares, that kind of thing, you know, you might get to a stage where actually you don't need to wait until your 60s. You could retire in your early 50s or 40s. And in fact, a lot of people around the world have. So the next part of looking at your pension is to make sure that your workplace pension is up to scratch. Hargreaves Lansdowne recently had a, a story where they looked at how much money people should ideally be paying into their pensions. And they realised that, that you need to pay around 19% of your salary into a pension. 
Um, and then the employer would have to pay, you know, an additional 4% into their pension. Currently, it stands at 8%, which is 5% from you and 3% from your employer. I mean, that, that comes nowhere near the 19% that they estimated that people should be paying into their pensions. It's just crazy. So um, maximise your pension as best as you possibly can if you're employed. And if you're not employed, make sure that you've got something in place. So a self-invested personal pension, um, an ISA, you know, any anything that will help you to get to retirement. So do some research around this, especially if you have your own business. You can actually save money um, by having something like a SIP set up. You can speak to your accountant about that because you, know, you can actually save yourself some tax. So it's well worth looking at this. I've seen so many patients that are self-employed that, you know, I tell them you have to go and you know rest and take some time off. And they just look at me like I've just grown two heads because they just don't have the money to do that. Um, and they don't have the money in retirement and they're relying on a state pension. And then they, you know, you've got the elderly in poverty and it's just, it's just not a great situation to be in. So think about it while you're young. Even if you think that it's too early, just do it. Even if you think it's too late, just do it. You know, anything is better than nothing. So um, one thing you can download that I've got for free is a booklet that looks at the types of things you could be doing for your retirement using a bar analogy. So every aspect has got a different drink attached to it. So it's essentially it's how many drinks can you handle for your retirement. So it's a it's a fun read. It's it um it's just designed to keep, get you thinking about what you're doing at the moment and what you could do. The next thing is looking at your will. Now, there's no point in setting up all of these amazing pension things and freedom funds if you haven't got a will in place, because a will is the way that you can protect all of this good work and make sure that the people who deserve it in your family are going to, you know, get the, the dividend from it. If you die without a will, then you're leaving your assets open to being claimed by the government or to the wrong people. So if you've got a will already and it's with an ex-husband, he'll be the one that gets that money and not the you know the new family that you've got now. So make sure that if you have got a will, you regularly check it and make sure it's still reflecting your wishes. And if you haven't got a will, regardless of how old you are, just get it sorted. Especially, you know, if you've just started work, just just get it done. I've seen so many young people, you know, that have died from uh, you know early cancers and um, horrible other diseases you know being trapped in a car and a car accident that kind of thing these are all situations that nobody expects to find themselves in until it happens to them so just get a will in place even if it seems morbid just do it anyway and set it as the first thing you should do on your to-do list you can set one up really easily you know you can get one online you can get one with paper, you know, paper document from WH Smiths, you could speak to a solicitor and get it done that way. Um, and if you're over the age of 55, you can actually get one for free twice a year in March and October. And this is run by various different charities who pay the solicitor to do your will for you, but then expect you to sort of supply some kind of gift in your will. So definitely get something set up and there's lots of options out there to do it. The next thing is looking at your insurances. So if you haven't got any insurance in place, it's, you know, but you've got, say, your car insurance in place, ask yourself why. You know, you're valuing your car, yes, but you need to also value yourself, especially if you are self-employed because you don't have all the benefits that people get from employers like sickness benefit and, 
you know, death and service benefit and all that kind of stuff. So sort out your life insurance, make sure that you've got something in place. Um, if you don't have any children and you've got no one that relies on you, you don't necessarily have to have life insurance. And I did, you know, for a long time I didn't. But then recently I got myself some life insurance because I realised that when I died, my other half would have to pay the mortgage on his own. So if I died before the mortgage was paid off, he'd have to do it on his own. And that for me was enough to lead me to get life insurance that would cover the mortgage, it would cover um, any debts I had remaining, and it would also cover the funeral costs, which can be, you know, £10,000, something like that, if not more. So life insurance is important. If you've got somebody that's going to have to, you know, fund, you know, your mortgage or whatever, other bills and things like that, after you die, it's well worth considering getting that sorted. And you can speak to a broker that can look at all of the different options for you so that you, you get something that's relatively cheap. Um, I decided to go with Vitality because they also had serious illness cover with that as well. Um, and it came with this extra dementia and frail care cover, which which gives you some money in your old age, essentially. So I really liked Vitality. I liked the way that they focus on people staying healthy and reward people for staying healthy with that. It just really aligns with my values. So that's that's why I chose them. But you might decide that you don't want that and you want to go with somebody else. And that's absolutely fine, too. And then you've got income protection. So self, I'm a self-employed doctor, so I need income protection insurance because if I can't work through illness, um, you know, I do something wrong with my arms or whatever and I suddenly can't work. This gives me the reassurance to know that I'm covered. So I'll be, you know, I've got a guaranteed amount of money that they would pay out every month. Um, and it, it means then that I haven't got to worry about whether or not I could pay my bills and things like that because I know that the money will be coming in. It's not as much as what as I could, I would earn, you know, if I had a salary, but it's still money that would save me from a situation. Yeah. So look at income protection insurance as well, particularly if you're self-employed. And then the final thing is looking at the FU fund. And this is a fund for emergencies. And this is, you know, at least £1,000, if not more. And I would also encourage you to have three to six months worth of savings that would cover you if you couldn't work or you wanted to leave a, a job or you wanted to take a longer maternity leave or you wanted to leave a relationship because all of this stuff is helping you to leave and get out and have choice. Um, if you haven't got any savings, absolutely, this is this would be the first thing to focus on. Getting those savings sorted bit by bit. It doesn't have to all be done in one go. You know, you just chip away at it bit by bit, but commit to it and actually put a plan in place to get that done. So there we go. There are my four things. Gone a little bit over 10 minutes today, um, but I think it's important because all of these areas can actually really support you in times of severe financial stress. So I hope that helps. And if you have any comments or any questions, feel free to email me or come into the Facebook group and I will address them there. So take care. See you in the next one. Bye. And that's it. That's 10 minutes done. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and you gained something from it. If you have any ideas for topics or you want to make any comments, then feel free to email me info at thefemalemoneydoctor.com. Or if you really want to, which would be awesome, come and find me in my free private Facebook group on Facebook so we can um, carry on the conversation. Um, just when you're looking for the group, just type in the female money doctor and you should be able to find me. Any problems, let me know by email. Take care, have a good day.